Getting partnered is the pinnacle of success on Twitch, right? Like you just get the check mark and then you ride off into the sunset and everything is great, huh? Actually, did you know that most Twitch partners lose a lot of their viewership shortly after getting partnered? In this episode, we're going to talk to Oreoside, who got partnered on Twitch, lost a lot of his viewership, and is now trying to build it all back up again. Let's do it. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. You know, one of your favorite episodes has been from Zero to Partner in 10 Months with my friend Hyperion. And that episode did really well because you feel like you see yourself reflected in that. I mean, the story that Hyperion went through, he literally had nothing, no online presence, zero, zilch. And the guy got partnered on Twitch in 10 months. And that is something that is achievable, right? And you listened to that because you felt like it was a very actionable episode. And so in today's episode, what I wanted to do is try to make something that you feel is achievable once again. I want to give you a realistic look into what growth actually looks like and what it really takes for streamers. So today we're going to be talking to Oreoside, who is a Twitch partner. He's really great at Twitter. And he was partnered because, get this, he was very active in a follow-for-follow community. And he actually ended up getting partnered, but then lost all of his viewership. And so he's going to walk us through what it was like getting partnered from that follow-for-follow community and also how he's trying to grow his community again after, of course, losing all of his viewers because he got to the goal of getting partnered, which was the entire goal of that community. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But as a quick update for you, I just want to let you know that Stream Coach Academy is going to be opening up again within the next couple of weeks. We are going to start accepting applications for our second round through our six-week Stream Coach boot camp. So if you are interested in learning more about that, make sure you go to streamcoach.tv where we can get your email. We can send you an email once... (laughs) This is so weird. This is like turning into being way too salesy. Just give me your email on that website if you haven't already. I'm going to send all of y'all an email here in the next couple of weeks about where you can go to apply for the program and I can't wait to meet a lot more of you and help you out with your streams with the second round myself and the coaches have put a lot of work into changing the content up and making it even more helpful and interesting for you so yeah make sure you go to streamcoach.tv and give me your email if you haven't already if you would like to hear more about stream coach academy let's get started with the interview Oh, also in typical Ashney fashion, of course, this one is going to start a little bit after the beginning of the actual episode because I forgot to push record. So you're going to get started kind of in the middle of a sentence, I think. I'm sorry. It's been interesting. Very cool. So something I want to talk to you about today is kind of your partnership journey, uh, what that was like and what happened afterwards for you. Um, And I think this is going to be really insightful for people because this is a story that not a lot of people know happens as frequently as it does. Um, So Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get to the part of you kind of like 
losing some of your viewership, trying to gain it back, and what that experience was like. But let's just start off. Why don't you tell us about your partner journey, uh, how you got partnered, what it took, and when that happened? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> back in like early 2018, I uh, got, well, I joined a um, follow for follow, support for support community. Uh, and for those unfamiliar with that, that's basically the concept of uh, you you exchange engagement for engagement just for the purpose of like pumping up your numbers. It's not a, a good way at all to actually grow a, a brand. But anyway, uh, so I got involved in this community and I ended up talking my way up to getting to be the community's first uh, partner push where I would basically just be injected with a bunch of people into my stream to uh, make my stats look good for Twitch so they would partner me. And that was a... Oh, that was a very, very long eight-month journey of just a whole bunch of drama and backstabbing and just probably some of the ugliest versions of people that you'll see on, on Twitch. Just nice. everyone chasing that bread and you being obviously at the forefront, uh, getting that partner push. It's, it's very hard to, you know, get people behind you when they're all after the same thing, essentially. Yeah. And we, there were, there were two attempts that were made. So there was the one in March through April where I had the numbers, but obviously it wasn't long enough. I hadn't, maintained it for long enough for twitch to be like okay well this obviously isn't some like inorganic pump or whatever uh so they rejected me the first time second time was interesting so what we ended up doing with our community was we actually formed a series of sub communities that were all heavily engaged with each other so like little clans within the the overall community and this community had like five six thousand people in it right so we formed these divisions of people that would basically just support each other and we'd, you know, get all of them on board with supporting the partner push coming together. And that was actually a really lucrative method for partner pushing because it ended up building these, these niche families within the community. And then all of these niche families had a leader that would drive them into the partner pushes channel and help them out. So fast forward to about, uh, well, it was October 5th, 2018. That was the day I got the email. The email. You know what it's like to get that email, Ashney. Mm -hmm. That feeling. And uh, that was the day it happened. And it was very, it was a big victory for me in the community. But little did I know that that was probably the last day that I would ever see my average viewership in the hundreds for a very long time <laughs> because what ended up happening was because I built a lot of my support and a lot of my uh, uh, following off of like, you know, come to my channel and you'll get something out of it at some point. Uh, obviously that's a very fragile foundation with which to build a community upon. 
So once the delusions of grandeur wore off, people stopped coming to my channel because I got partnered. I made it. They don't need to be there anymore. They weren't there for me. And they all just kind of left. And now I'm sitting at about like a 20 average, which, you know, uh, it is what it is. But it's realistically, it's something that I think a lot of partners, regardless of how you went about getting partnered uh go through because yeah. i know um a lot of partners i've talked to like they've experienced that drop in viewership initially just because like oh you're partner now you don't need me anymore yeah so we're gonna get into to that because that is such a massively important perspective that i think everyone needs to know about but uh, a point that I really think that we should make before we move on to that is that we have a lot of negative stigma for the people who are using like support for support, follow for follow communities and all of that. And you see this go around on Twitter all the time. People are mm -hmm. constantly like talking down to the people who are using those communities or using the hashtags, whatever it is. And it's it's funny that we do that because, you know, you were part of one. I tried to start one. I had a, a support for support community um, in like 2017, I think, like late mm. 2017. Uh, it was actually called it. Project Partnership. Yeah. And so what <laughs> it was supposed to do. Oh, my God, you would not believe what it was supposed to do was uh, help people get on this website that we had be able to play all of these different streams at one time. And so if we got like 80 people on the website and everybody kept the website up, then everybody would have 80 viewers. And so the thought process was like, yeah, let's support each other. But then also like we talked a lot about education and how we could help each other make better content and all of that. And the people that were in Project Partnership are some big partners today. I'm not going to like name any names, but I think this is something that there's a lot of stigma around this and people think that like, oh, it's so bad to be in support for support or buy followers or like kind of fake your way or cheat, cheat your way into, into getting notoriety on Twitch. But I think it's something that everyone kind of thinks about at one point and what you choose to do with it, whether you stick with it or not, can really be a defining moment for your career. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the uh, the snake in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that I think a lot of people try and they'll they'll try it and then they'll get, you know, negative response to it. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. they kind of feel stuck because they're like, well, if this doesn't work, what the heck do I have to do? And what you actually have to do is learn the things that you need to know in order to build a really solid community. Right. Um, I mean. I mean, I will say about a lot of these support for support communities, I mean, you do build uh, very legitimate connections. I know a lot of people that uh, have, have like just based just off of follow for following and then like going and visiting them at some point, like they have built a very, very close uh, friendship with, with a lot mm -hmm. of people. And it, it's, it's not totally useless. The conversion rate on something like that is very, very poor, but it's not, I mean, it's it's not completely garbage, you know. It's, right. It can actually be a good foundation to kind of catapult yourself as long as you realize 
what you're doing is not sustainable and you need to figure out a way to sustain yourself beyond those things. That's such a good point. Okay. So you got partnered, you ended up having a lot of those people leave. Um, and then you got to like 20 average viewers or so. What was that like emotionally to have that shift? <laughs> uh, well, um, it was, so at the time of getting partnership, I had about 8,200 followers that fell down to about 8,000 followers over the course of the next six months. So every time I would stream, no matter what I did, no matter what I offered, whatever, I had a net loss of following and a net loss of average viewership. And it, 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 it was, I mean, Imagine what it feels like to just constantly just pour your heart and soul out and just put as much effort as you can into maintaining what you have left only to keep watching it just slide away further and further and further. It got to a point where, so I mentioned I got partnered in October, 2018. It wasn't until about February where I seriously considered quitting because it just got to the point where I was throwing darts at the board and none of them were sticking. So it was like, why am I still playing this game? Why am I still, uh, you know, making an attempt? Obviously my heyday is past and it's time for me to move on to the next thing. But I didn't, I did not quit. Why? Probably because I felt some sort of obligation, not only to myself, but also to like the few people that were like sticking by me the hardcore Oreo side people. And I didn't want to disappoint them. So I kept going not without my, and, and you can ask my mods about this. Like I just complained all the time in my mod chat about how bad I was doing. And I just, I needed that constant reassurance, that constant validation from them. Like, like, you know, just keep going Oreo. You're going to get back there. You're going to bounce back. It's going to turn around eventually. And, Lo and behold, it actually did. Uh, it actually did. And that was actually really, uh, really mind-blowing for me because I honestly thought I had sunk myself for like in, in a permanent way, but guess not. Yeah. So there are probably some people who have listened to this who have either lost their viewership or have had trouble just gaining one in the first place. What are some things you did that ended up helping you turn that, that viewership problem around? Um, I think a big contributor to that was uh, getting on social media. So prior to, I, I didn't really start doing Twitter until like April of last year, 2019, but it got to a point, and, and this was honestly like a, a six-month to nine-month process of tweeting every day, engaging with a bunch of people's tweets, uh, you know, just putting out value and just putting my name out there as much as possible in a not spammy way, obviously. And eventually I started to notice like, hey, uh, uh, um, I'm from Twitter. I, I came over to your stream from Twitter and I just wanted to like check you out. And that started becoming more and more common. And uh, 
it actually started turning into like a lot of people who don't stream started coming into my streams, which is very good because now, um, you know, you have people that don't necessarily compare themselves to you in, in any way. They just like your content and they want to watch you. Um, so I would definitely say like getting on social media was huge, huge for me. Um, right now I'm only really focused on Twitter. Uh, but I do want to, at some point, start producing YouTube content and, and Instagram content. Uh, YouTube's the big one right now. I want to really uh, figure out something to get in there because that can be very lucrative as well. Yeah, that's really powerful right now. I'm seeing a lot of people who are just popping off because they make really great YouTube videos. I don't know if you've seen, um, oh my gosh. Nietzsche? Do you know no. Nietzsche? Or uh, who's the other one? Shoot. There's like a handful of people that all they do during their streams is they just chill. They play video games. They they generally have pretty low-key personalities, but their ability to edit a YouTube video to be like Mimi, hilarious, very fast-paced. Like That's what very, I want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They are so, so, so skilled in that. And it's wild because they, they were pretty new to editing videos. And so seeing someone like that who starts on YouTube and in like a month has 30,000 subscribers, there are success stories like that all wow. over the Twitch community that are happening. And now these, these people who were averaging like 30 or 40 viewers have three to 400. Yeah. Just I mean, because of that, that YouTube content that they're making. Oof. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of why I wanted to get into YouTube. My only thing right now is I'm not exactly sure what I want to do with YouTube. Mm -hmm. I feel as though, um, you know, the whole streamer advice uh, format is very oversaturated or like editing clips together of my streams. Like everybody's doing that. I want to do something unique. I want to... I almost want to make YouTube its own thing and not just use it as a funnel to my Twitch channel. So that way it doesn't feel there's not that like preconceived notion that like, Oh, this YouTube video is just made to convert people over to his Twitch channel, you know? Yeah. Which is fine. I think if, if you want to make YouTube videos to convert people over to your Twitch, people don't generally have a problem with that. What they can feel a little weird about is if like you're selling something in every single video there are some people with a really limited yeah. mindset around money and so they feel like whenever you're trying to sell a thing like if i were to talk about my ebook in every single youtube video there are some people that would have a problem with that just because of the way that they view um like ebooks or or courses or just educational like paid content yeah but, yeah, I definitely think you should get into YouTube. That would be really, really awesome to see from you. Yeah, I've actually been looking into lavalier mics lately just to get that going. Yeah, you should get get a Zoom. Get a, a Zoom? Yeah, a Zoom mic. It's, like, pretty standard, but... Oh, okay, I, dig gotcha. I digress, though. Uh, I don't want to get, like, too far off topic and just start coaching <laughs> you on YouTube. <laughs> I want uh -oh. you to be able to, like, share your story and everything. But um, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about this. So something that you mentioned, I think, earlier in the call was 
that a lot of partners like gain this community and lose it. And I think what's really interesting about that is that a lot of people who want to get partnered, who want to to reach that goal someday, they have this problem where they think that, or not necessarily a problem, but they have this idea that like once they hit the 75 average, then those people just kind of stay forever and you get the check mark and then you just keep growing after that without realizing right. that that's not really a, a normal growth path. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people end up losing their viewership and they'll go down from 75 to like 50 within the next, you know, couple of months. So if you're a partner who's listening to this right now, who's had this happen, don't, don't freak out too much. Like it is totally normal that this is something that you go through. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you freak out, people are going to see that and then they're going to turn away even faster. (laughs) Yeah. At least in my experience, that was, ugh. What do you feel like if someone is in that situation where they have, Uh, They have a community, they're on their path to getting partnered, and they know that they're going to hit it someday. What types of things do you think that they should do around the time of partnership to make sure that they're able to keep their community engaged? Um, I I guess it depends on the person, but I would... I would suggest making sure that they are not putting all their eggs in one basket first off. Um, If they are like 100% reliant on uh, like other streamers or or other people on Twitch to come and watch them, uh, that might be dangerous. Uh, I would definitely recommend like making sure that you have a, a decent Twitter presence at the very least. I mean, Twitter is the easiest thing to get into. Um, YouTube obviously doesn't hurt. Instagram doesn't hurt. Just being everywhere there's actually, I'm going to kind of go off a little bit, but um, there, there's a very interesting example of this that I noticed way back when Avengers Endgame came out. There was this picture on Reddit that was going around about how there were five billboards on one Los Angeles intersection somewhere downtown of just advertising Endgame, <clears throat> Right. It's like, why would you put five billboards up at one intersection? Like, isn't one enough? Theoretically, yes. However, uh, I'm not exactly sure of the, the, the right term, the right marketing term for this, but it's basically just like getting yourself in front of as many faces as possible, as much as possible, until eventually people are just like, all right, who is this guy? Let me check him out, you know? Just making sure that you're constantly engaging your community. That, that's the big one. Just mm. always being there in some way and always giving them content to digest. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there was, gosh, what was it called? I think it's called like the law of seven or the rule of, of five or something. Um, I can't remember verbatim off the top of my head because it's so long ago since I've studied this, but it's basically that people need to see whatever it is that you're selling like five to seven times before they'll, they'll finally try to take action on it. And so, but what's, what's happened recently is that we're just being hit with so many messages of people who want our attention that that number has increased up to like 10 to 12, I think. 
So if you want to convert someone into a viewer, you can't just make like five good pieces of content that go, you know, get shared a lot and get in front of a lot of people. You have to consistently be doing that. And you have to almost double that amount now. So the effort that it takes is a lot more than before. Even with Twitch, like we've seen such a a massive uh, just influx of people to the platform especially with what's going on in the world right now like the pandemic is crazy and everybody wants to stream but Mm -hmm. it's also just in general in in marketing and the way that things have kind of developed uh, because so many people want attention we have to be out there giving way more than ever before so i think yeah definitely definitely being on twitter like that's so simple but utilizing other things that are your strength. I usually say there's like a a really successful Twitch triad, which would be Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. So your Twitter is out there to maintain your presence. Your YouTube is your your search, right? That's how people are finding you and getting value from you. Mm -hmm. And then once they find you there, that's whenever the transition from wow, I really got value out of this video. Now I want to go meet this person live and kind of get to know them. That's where that happens. And so the discoverability comes in from either YouTube or Twitter because we know with Twitch, like you're not going to get it. People aren't really going to find you unless you're getting hosts uh, or you're at the top of the directory anyways. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, as far as... um... I mean, the triad thing, that that is actually, um, I completely agree with that. Uh, the one thing that I would have a question about, though, is, like, what would be, like, what, could you add a, another one for, like, your own personal website? Oh, yeah. I think websites are great as, like, a portfolio, right? So if you want to work with sponsors someday or if you want to start, like, even negotiating bigger things, I think later on in a streamer's career, you start to think about, like, how do I, what do I want my stream to do for me? Do I want to get into like a job in the gaming industry or do I want to like be a consultant and consult for companies, which is like a massive, massive market? Do I yeah. want to like produce shows for people? Um, and, and kind of like knowing what your goal is and having a website that's built to help you with that goal, I think is so important because what you can do is just send that website to people and that's the home of all of your content that brings together the YouTube, the Twitter, the, the Twitch streams, and it gives you a section for like about me. You can put literally anything on there so that whoever you want to work with in the future, you send them that site and you're constantly able to to show them what it is that you're doing and they get a really good sense of who you are almost immediately versus something like like you can do this with a a marketing deck or a media kit right people usually have like a one sheet that kind of explains their about me gives some stats gives some goals and some companies that they want to work with but whenever you send that out to a sponsor the goal of that is to to be very quick like it's like a glimpse into who you are and what you do because they're so busy, right? Mm-hmm. If you reach out to a sponsor, or you reach out to a company that you want to work with, like they're, they're getting hit with messages like that all the time. So you want to keep it really short and sweet and respect their time. Whereas if you're negotiating, like getting into the gaming industry or uh, producing something or creating some type of program for somebody, that's where you really want them to get a good picture of who you are and your skill set and what you can do because you're going to be able to like negotiate higher 
uh, higher prices and all mm-hmm. of that. Like, yeah, I think what having a website is is an awesome idea. Well, good because I'm probably going to make one then. <laughs> nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a, actually a full stack PHP web developer in my uh, my my real job, so definitely got the skills there for that and SEO and everything like that. All very important. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, SEO, we could go off on that forever. Yeah, that's like a whole that that would be a good 6-hour podcast if you ever <laughs> want to do one of those. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that would be fun. We should do like an SEO round table and get a few people on that know their yeah, shit. Let's bring on Neil Patel. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Don't even go there. I just All get right. so flustered. <laughs> yeah. Well, where can everyone go to find you, Oreo? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Oreo side, O-R-E-O-C-I-D-E. Uh, same place on Twitter, same place on YouTube slash Oreo side for both of those. Um, and Instagram if you want. I'm usually on Twitter whenever I'm not on Twitch. So find me wherever. Yeah. All right, that was Oreo side. Make sure that you go and hang out with him at twitch.tv slash Oreo side or on Twitter or any of his other social media. I appreciate you all so, so much. I hope that this interview helped you out. Don't forget to go to streamcoach.tv. Give me your email address if you haven't already so that I can let you know when our six-week boot camp for streamers, Stream Coach Academy, opens back up here in the next couple of weeks. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a comment if you haven't already, and I will see you all in the next episode.